Hello, hello, and welcome back, everyone, to the Not So Late Show, episode 53, I, I think. But welcome back. It's my, it feels more of a welcome back moment for me, because it has been... I'm so happy to be here. I literally wrote in my journal, it is so good to be back. Now, if you're listening, you might be like, I don't care, which is... I get it, but I haven't done this. Like, this part has become a part of my routine... And just something that I do, like, often. So to kind of just not do it, obviously for good reason, it's so strange. Like, it is so strange. So I'm so happy to be back. And thank you for joining me for tonight's show. Coming to you all the way from Willowmore. Now, <laughs> this is the last This is the last place I expected to be when doing this episode. Like, it is the last place. Like, I don't think, a lot of people that I know don't even know where Willowmore is. So it's like, I'm doing it, and I'm obviously here for something in particular. But, obviously, I don't want to, I think I will say, oh, what a defense. I will say that, um, leading, I think sometime, sometime this week I will speak about, I'll just, we'll just have a nice good old catch-up session because I feel like so much has happened, because I obviously didn't post or record or do literally anything for an entire week, or like a week and a half, or week and three quarters, because I've just been so busy with other things, Ooh. so busy with other things, and it's just been really tough, so obviously this is not the place to do it, oh no look, this isn't the place to kind of, comp- not com- I'm not complaining, but it's not the place. So we're just going to get right into the news. But first, self-checking moment. How are you doing? I hope that you are well. I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are taking care of thee. And I hope you had a beautiful, gorgeous day today, as you should. Um, but if your day didn't go so swell, it happens to the best of us. And you know what? Tomorrow's not the day. So we're going to get up. We're going to show up. And the sun will rise again. And we keep going. We keep showing up. Because what? Because that is what we do yes so currently oh and once again thank you for joining for tonight's show currently i'm in my little b&b moment i'm here alone my dad he dropped me off early this morning here in willowmore so i'm here alone um which is nice so i'm here in my b&b i i don't know if you can hear in the background but i'm watching something um i'm watching i think this is definitely an old match um between chelsea and liverpool because Sadio Mane is still in Liverpool, and I saw William in Chelsea still, so this is an old match, but good old background noise, I was so annoyed, sorry, I'm going a bit of, um, like, um, going somewhere else now, but I was so annoyed, I was watching this movie this afternoon, okay, now look, there isn't much to do here in Willowmore, <laughs> there really isn't, I'll get into it in um, a later episode this week, but there is literally, it's so, it's, actually kind of nice in a way but it is so empty here like there's nobody well there's people obviously but if you go to like where I'm from okay or like Cape Town where you see you'll just see so many people all the time like walking around driving here there's like like you could walk and you won't see a couple of people and it's it's nice but also kind of eerie and strange in a way so there's nothing much to do here, 
and I'm not really planning on going anywhere. I don't want to be here for a long time. Um, that being said, I am here for something in particular. Um, so I'm been in this B&B the whole, not the whole morning, but I went this morning to this, oh my gosh, this, oh, this amazing little restaurant, if I can call it that. And I had breakfast because I didn't eat, oh my word, I didn't eat, <laughs> that was a horrible touch, but I didn't eat this morning. So then, um, when we came here, I went to like this little sit down breakfast place, had this. So it was such it was like an omelet with mince and cheese but this omelet was huge oh, what a ball this omelet was huge and i think that's i always i, I think about that now like cuz it's a very small place not many people go there because there's not many people in this town so i think when someone comes there and orders something they really you know try, they really put a lot of you know heart and soul and into it i mean not saying that other places don't but this thing was some i've never had an omelet like this in my entire life i've never had an omelet like this and for the price um it was so well worth it so i've just been here i've just been chilling and now i'm recording this episode i'm probably gonna record another episode tomorrow and then the day after because it's hectic look girl it is hectic these days and i'm trying to get ahead oh what a tackle i'm trying to get ahead in terms of like my posting maybe you that's offside okay anyway that is what all i have to say and yeah before getting into the news though i do want to say something first so <sighs> i have been watching i don't know my throat is so sore <clears throat> it's literally been five minutes and i'm ready i thought i heard someone um i've been watching a lot of movies lately. Now I don't know why, but like every mo- every night, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna watch a movie. I'm- <laughs> it's just been something that I'm like, I'm gonna watch a movie. And sometimes I watch two movies a day. And honestly, I'm not complaining. As you guys know, I'm obsessed with film and television. I love watching movies. But I think in the past, because I haven't, was because I just never had like access to it. Maybe. But now I'm just watching movies all the time on my laptop, and it's the best time. So, kind of segue moment, and I love it. I mean, I'm not complaining. No, oh, someone's phoning me. Sorry about that. I had to answer a phone call. Wait, this is not the space. This isn't the space to complain. But let me just put a plant a seed, plant a seed in your mind. So I was sleeping. Okay. Or let's just put it in a scenario, because this happens to me so much, but for some reason it just feels like people don't get it. So, let's say I'm fully sleeping. I'm, like, full-on sleeping. And let's say someone's phoning me in my sleep. Obviously, I'm not going to hear the thing, right? And then let's say the thing rings a lot, and then you kind of get up from that sleep, and now, and now you answer the phone. And then this person goes like, hey, why aren't you answering your phone? I'll be like, girl, I was sleeping. (laughs) I was sleeping. So how in the world do you expect me to hear when I'm asleep? Like, it just doesn't make sense in my mind. You know what I mean? And then I remember I was talking to someone about, um, about, like, putting... So someone's complaining that I put my phone on silent too much. But the annoying thing is that if it's not on silent... This thing makes a noise 
all the time. Not saying that everyone wants to talk to me. Oh my word. No, no, that's not it. It's the notification. So like it goes, makes this weird noise. Like boop, boop. And it's so annoying. So I put my phone on silent to avoid, audible, to avoid that. Right. And then, yeah. Anyway, this is not the space. Not the space. As I was talking about movies, I wanted to segue into film club. So most likely, oh, actually this is tricky now because I definitely did not plan on coming to Willowmore this week. Um, did not plan on coming to Willowmore this week. So film club was going to be on Friday, Friday or Saturday, but now it might still be, I don't know, but film club episode five is happening. And as I said before, we'll be watching the movie we'll be watching is Chevalier, which is like a history musical type beat. And then our series of choice is Under the Dome season one. Now, to be completely honest with you, I haven't started either. <laughs> okay, because I've been watching other things. But also, I I don't want to just watch it so. So I need to like be intentional when I watch it so that I make good notes and I really want to get into it. So I'm probably going to start watching it this week. So then most likely Film Club Episode 5 will come out next week. It is July, so this will be our July watch, basically. Um, so yeah, I just wanted a heads up on that. If, you, if you're into film like that, as I am, then Film Club is the place to be. I am telling you. I love Film Club so much. Um, it is a bit tricky sometimes to watch the shows. So that's why maybe they come out later than scheduled, if that makes sense. Um, but I still do it and put it out and it's the best time. I just love talking about shows. Um, so yeah, that's what I have to say. I feel like we should just jump, jump straight into the news. So without further ado, ladies, gents, and however else you identify, let's get into the news. Okay, so since I was literally on the topic of movies and entertainment, I might as well start with entertainment. So even though it actually is so tricky, it's so tricky because I would love to start with sport because it has been such a moment for sport lately. And it's super exciting to kind of be able to witness it and to be here and when sport is just crazy and historic things are happening and it's just super fun and exciting, but I am going to start with, excuse me, entertainment, and then hopefully you can stick with me as I get to sports. So, entertainment, firstly, let's start with the crowded room. Now, this is part of why, let's say I haven't been super keeping up to date with Phone Club, is because, oh, what a touch, because of crowded room. And Secret Invasion. Those are basically the shows that I'm watching right now. So Crowded Room. Oh, what a ball. Crowded Room. Oh, wow. Who is this? Who missed that? Sorry. <laughs> I'm so distracted. But Crowded Room comes out on Thursday. And Secret Invasion on Wednesday. So that's what, those are, that's when I watch the stuff. Okay. And I don't know. I'm just having the best time watching it. It's just so much fun. Now, I want to talk about Crowded Room for a second. Let's give let's give Crowded Room its moment that it deserves. Now, obviously, I've been seeing, and I have never hated the show. I, couldn't, I just could never understand why people were so crit- critical against the show. 
particularly because of Thomas. Now, Tom Holland has definitely expressed that his show has been badly reviewed, initially badly reviewed, and I think maybe he thought, oh no, he everyone just hates his show. But I just think, and what's his name, after watching Jay Shetty's interview with, or just chat with um, Tom Holland on his On Purpose podcast, which was amazing, by the way, and Jay kind of expressed it really well, saying that this show, it's, people usually expect, like, an instant kind of, how do I describe it? It's like an instant, like, thing for them to be into the show. But this show, The Crowd Room, is more of a slow burn. Like, it's a slow burn in that way. And you have to stick with it. Like, you have to stick with it. And he said something, I, this, was, this literally was in my mind the whole time, was that you're, the entire time you're watching the show, you're saying, like, what is going on here? And you can feel, I don't know if it's by the tone or what's happening, but you can feel that something is happening. Like, something is going on. And obviously, surface level, it's just this guy, Danny, gets into a crime. Now he's being all weird about it. But deep down, you can feel there's something else going on here. And I think that, you know, feeling is what, I guess, drew me and keeps me coming back to the show and maybe to some people it's not enough oh wow maybe to some people they need more than that they need to oh wow (laughs) they need like a bigger i don't know for them to stick with the show but this show is something else and i think from episode five because in the beginning like one to five, it's like, okay, things are happening, but also not much is going on. But then episode five, things start unveiling slowly. And then episode six is the real, like, whoa. And then episode, if I, yes, I've watched episode seven. It's like, whoa. And this is just like a testament to Tom Holland's acting. And um, Tom Holland's acting, Amanda Seyfried's acting, and just this storytelling by you know the creators of the show and directors and how they're able to get this story across in a very I would hope in a respectful way and justified way and it's just performances oh my word like it actually blew oh sorry the goal was this loud but it actually blew my mind like it this sort of like blows my mind <laughs> a little bit and it's so good. And I've said this before. I think on the birthday episode, I said, this show is not for everyone. Like, you can tell, okay, this is for everyone. Not everyone is going to be into this kind of thing. It's very, like, so my bum is hurting. But it's very, like, psychological. And, you know, you might, you have to, like, put your own pieces together, kind of, and think a little bit. And it's just like, yeah, it's very like that. So I'm not saying you have to use a lot of your brain, but definitely it's not like on the nose like a lot of other shows, right? Um, But I like that. I love shows that make you think a little bit and surprise me the whole time. It's actually crazy. Like, it's actually crazy. (laughs) I always say, I'm like, this show is insane. Like, I'm like, this show is insane. But in the best way, like in a really good way. You know, 
Um, so after watching episode seven, it was like, whoa, okay, like what? Oh, it's like, what is going on here? Um, but yeah, I'm excited for episode eight as well. I'm really excited for episode eight. I was gonna watch it last week, but then I don't know what happened. But episode 8 should be good. So I'm enjoying the crowded room. And I guess my advice for some people would be. Give it time. I guess even for me. I was a bit impatient. To the sense that like. Not much is happening. Like you know. He gets arrested. Because he did this. Now he's being questioned. And it feels so basic in the beginning. Right. But then you give it time. And you're like oh wait. Oh. And then you kind of. You're in. You sucked in. And you just, you want to find out more. Like, you want to know more. And I love it. It's a great show. And you should 100% check it out. And just, like, you know, congratulations to Thomas and the creators. Oh, what a hitter. And the creators of the show. And just all the actors. Because their performances are actually crazy in the show. (laughs) It's actually insane. And I've always, I haven't always said this, but I say this somewhere else, that it's so refreshing, in the best way, to see Tom Holland in something else, right? Not saying that I don't like seeing him as Spider-Man. He's an amazing Spider-Man. Um, but it is nice to see him do something else. Because I can imagine, like, maybe he knows he's a really good actor and he can bring more to the table other than being, you know, like Peter Parker. Um... And, you know, movies... Uh, oh, he's he has, he's never done a TV series. I'm just thinking about it now. But movies like Cherry and The Devil All the Time kind of gave us a glimpse of what he's able to, to do and where his range is. And to have a, a TV show that's more of a slow burn is brilliant. And I love it so much. So I'm excited for what's to come and where this is going to go. You know... And yeah, all good things, all good things. My bum is really hurting, so I'm gonna move my position. Okay, I've shifted now. <laughs> I've shifted. Um, so moving on, a new trailer was released this week or last week. And I kind of forgot about this movie, but also not really, but I kind of forget about it. Excuse me. <sighs> the trailer for Wonka. Starring Timothy Chalamet. I think it's Paul. I hope I have this right. His name is Paul King. I think he directed and did Paddington and all that stuff. Um, Came out this week. And I'm super excited about it. I mean, can't remember the last time I watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I think it's interesting. I was looking at something. And some people preferred, I think, the Johnny Depp version to the OG. From, I don't think I've watched the Johnny Depp version. I think I've only seen, like, the original one, like, the old one. No, I think that's the only one I've seen. And I love it. I mean, it's such a... It's kind of like Narnia, where they always had those things that everyone wanted. So I remember when... I think it was in grade 5. Grade 5, so I was 11. When, I, when we read... The Chronicles of... The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The Chronicles of Narnia. And... I forgot all the characters' names. But I remember wanting so badly... So badly... To have Turkish Delight. (laughs) 
like so badly and Turkish Delight is really good actually and then something like Charlie and Chocolate Factory everyone wanted a Wonka bar and I've never had a Wonka bar so but um just those worlds I was obsessed with so kind of and not gonna lie Mr. Willy Wonka was kind of creepy in that movie but also like he's a very creative man you could tell so to see Mr. Timmy step into this role of Mr. Willy Wonka, I feel like it just makes sense. Not saying that Timothy is creepy, but um, what was I going to say? Not that I know Timothy Chalamet personally, but from what I've seen, I don't know why, but this role just makes sense that it's him. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine someone else playing Willy Wonka. Well, I could, but <laughs> the fact that Timothy is playing him, it just makes sense. I don't know why it makes sense, because I feel like Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet has this thing about him. There's something about this guy that is so... And obviously everyone is unique and authentic and everyone is their own person, but there's something about Timothy Chalamet that's, like, very specific. <laughs> like, it's very specific. Oh, Wow. Very specific and unique in the best way, obviously. And I think that's why he is perfect to play Mr. Willy Wonka. And I don't think it is a story of Willy Wonka's story has been told. Oh, that would be a crazy deflection. Has been told before. Well, I don't know. But it should be really fun and I'm super excited. Obviously, it was just the first trailer. Um... But everything from the visuals, cinematography, aesthetic looks amazing. And I love it. It's amazing. I'm excited. I think later this year. So it should be really, really cool. And it's nice for him to play kind of like an iconic character. I was actually thinking. Because you know everyone in their career. Or I would think most people in their career have that thing about them. So for example. And I'm not saying that this is like their identity. They've obviously done other projects. And stuff, but m- most people are known for a particular role. So, one that's in my mind right now, Amelia Clark. Game of Thrones, Khaleesi. That's that's like the immediate connection you make. And let's say Tom Holland, Spider Man. Let's say Andrew Garfield, Spider Man. You know, so all so people. Some people have these iconic people that they play, and even like. So even, what's his name, Rami Malek, you associate him with Freddie Mercury, you know what I mean? So it's like those kind of connections, and so I think something like um, Wonka, it's like, oh, Timothy Chalamet is Willy Wonka, you know what I mean? And I think it's just a moment like that for maybe like the new generation who are not so familiar with Willy Wonka, which is crazy to me. <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see Mr. Timmy step into that role and do it justice and give it what it deserves. So, I think it's coming out later in the year, though. So, it's a little bit of time, it's a little bit of time. Anyway, moving on, it is, I think, what are they calling it? I think they are calling it Barbenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer, but it is, let's say, Barbenheimer Week. It is Barbenheimer Week. Um, Barbie and Oppenheimer come out 
think Friday, what's the date today? 17, 17, 18, 19, 20, yeah, Friday, Friday, and I just want to say, this Bobby promo has been insane, and I love it, I love how, I love how into it they are, and committed, like, I was seeing interviews, and it's just like, the set, pink, everything pink, and Ryan really stepping into his energy is the funniest thing, is the best thing, and I just think it's a moment. Like, it's such a moment. I don't remember seeing such a big... Oh, I remember seeing... I don't I don't remember seeing such a big promo for something in such a long time. Where everywhere you go, there is, an, like, inklings and tastes of Barbie. Like, even something... Like, a shop like Cotton On, they're selling Barbie hoodies. Go to Typo, Barbie-related or specific... Um, pens, pencils, books, it's an aesthetic, right, or oh, what a save, it's an aesthetic, and it's, it's just, like, the ultimate marketing thing, I think, you know, and I'm here for it, I mean, I've said this before, Bobby wasn't really my thing when I was older, but I definitely played with Bobby, like, I remember having Bobbies, but it wasn't, like, my thing, I wasn't obsessed with it like that, you know, because everyone in their childhood had their thing. Some people were Bratz dolls. Some people were Barbies. Some people were... I don't even know. But everyone had their thing. But I know everyone was familiar with Barbie. She was just that girl, you know? Um. So I'm excited now. I'm thinking, like, I... So it's, it's like this debate. Are you going to watch Oppenheimer or Barbie? Right? So Or you can watch both. But which one are you going to watch first? Right? And people said, watch Oppenheimer first... Because apparently Oppenheimer is very heavy, obviously. And then to kind of, you know, lighten the mood afterwards, you can watch Barbie. But for me, I'm not very familiar with the with the Oppenheimer story. So I think I'll need to familiarize myself before getting into it. So I'm pretty sure I'm probably just going to watch Barbie. Um, yeah, I'm probably just going to watch Barbie. Um... And I'm excited. I mean, it's. I just feel like it's just going to be so fun. You know, I'm not expecting to be moved in any way. Maybe I will be. I don't know, but I'm not expecting it. But I'm just there for the vibes and just to see a fun movie. Same reason I watched Little Mermaid, a fun movie. Some uh, character that is very iconic, part of many people's childhoods. What a ball. And I'm just there to have a good time. I'm not taking it too seriously. You know what I mean? But there's something like Oppenheimer. It feels like I have to really be in it. Like I have to like really look and watch. Which I'm just not in the headspace for right now. You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, there are some movies where you're like, oh, this is gonna like move me in a crazy way. But there's some movies I'm just looking to have a good time. You know, just looking to have a good time. And that's Bobby for me. So I'm excited to watch it. I think I'm going to watch it, like, on maybe the next Monday or Friday. No, I won't watch it Friday. I'll probably watch it, like, the next Monday. Um, But I'm excited. And you should be, too. You should be, too. But that is it. It is Barbie slash Oppenheimer week. It feels like... It's going to be so weird because I'm so used to, like, this whole Barbie-Oppenheimer aesthetic and battle... But in a good way, that if when it's over, it's gonna be like, oh, it's over. But also not because, yeah. Anyway, 
Anyway, and the cost is just insane. Like, what a cost. <laughs> I feel like I know almost all of them. The main. Um, but I'm just super excited to to watch that. Anyway, moving on. This isn't really, like, latest news. But I just wanted to bring it up because I want to. Um, the Winx Club. I've been watching The Winx Club. And I'm on that Winx Club grind right now. I'm on it right now. Now, obviously, I haven't spoken about Winx Club on here in a very long time. But... I'm I'm on season six now, and it's where am I? Yeah, I'm on season six. Now. I finished season five like two days ago. I'm on season six, episode four now, and I'm just on that grind. I mean, you might be thinking, why are you watching Winks Club? Now I remember I rem- I remember watching this when I was younger, and I remember loving it. So I was like, let me watch it again, and I love it. It's I guess the way I would describe it is that it's so bad, it's good, but there are also, like, moments where it's pretty deep, you know, like, it's, whoa, this has some actual, like, you know, ugh, in it, and there was one, I'm gonna name one moment in particular, when, I think season, I'm gonna say season four, maybe, when Naboo died, when Naboo died, Prince Naboo died, and then Aisha went crazy, and then she kind of ditched the the winks um ditched the winks and went to those other the earth fairies for vengeance against somebody i don't know if it was the wizards of the dark circle or something like black circle but and then i remember it was very brief though where aisha was like no i'm not gonna join you winks i want vengeance um, for Nebu's death, I want to avenge him, um, and she kind of went bad for a moment, and then I remember her and Bloom had, like, a bit of a standoff, and Bloom was like, Aisha, this is not you, and then Aisha, like, shouted at Bloom, I was like, oh, this is so good, this is so good, because obviously for good reason, um, shows like this, you know, for younger people, it lacks that, like, grunginess, that, like, like, on TV, obviously, I don't like seeing friction, but sometimes friction is needed, and tension is needed, and sometimes I love it. That's why, especially with something like The Wings Love, I love tension. I love it when, let's say, the Winks lose, because it's character development. Like, they can't win all the time, you know what I mean? And when that moment, because I did not expect that, so when Aisha, like, turned on the wings kind of and they fought each other for a brief moment it was like this is amazing like this is brilliant and it was just like and then it was this whole arc a little bit of Aisha and how she's grieving and it was very interesting I I think one of my favorite moments definitely obviously is super sad to see Nabu leave us I still can't believe he died <laughs> you know but anyway things happen things happen and then, obviously, season 5 was, like, the era of Tritanus, which was, honestly, it was okay. I think I was disappointed in Icy in particular for many reasons. Because she was, like, oh, my word, the amount she was sucking up to Tritanus was, it was just not a, I was saying this the whole time. I was, like, Icy girl, this is not a good look, especially for her, 
who is so like me, 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 I'm gonna do my own thing, me, 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 you know. So for her to be following this man around and being like kind of a puppet in a weird way and then ultimately him and ending up turning on her in the end was so like, yeah. So now this season, oh, what a save. So now this season, I see and the chicks are back doing their own independent thing, you know, just trying to take down Bloom and the Wings, which is like where the show thrives, to be honest. What a save. Um, so yeah, it was just like, I was like, girl, that's not a good look. <laughs> you know, and Ice and Stormy and Darcy were like, what is happening? And they could tell, but anyway, enough Wings Club talk. All right, I think we're going to move on to something else. Now, I'm actually not going to speak about this because I have no, I don't even, I have no opinion. I don't even know what to think, so I'm not going to speak about it. But moving past it, I don't even say what it was, but it's very political. I'm not into politics like that. Blue Beetle. I think the second trailer was released and... It's kind of sad, but also good. I don't even know what to say because I don't even understand the situation completely. But Mr. Sholo Mariduene will not be promoting Blue Beetle because of the, what is it called, the writers and the actors' strike that is happening right now in the entertainment industry. And a lot of I guess productions have been shut down due to the strike. A lot of things are happening due to the strike. Then again, who am I? Like I don't know. Like I, I'm not in that. I'm not in that business, so I don't understand anything that's happening. But I, the trailer was released, the second one. Super excited for the movie, and I'm just excited to see Sholo in this. This is such a him role. You know what I mean? This is such a Sholo Maridona role. To play a superhero, a very likable superhero. I think someone described. I saw someone describe it as like he is the Spider Man of the DC universe, Blue Beetle, and he just has that energy. Someone who, I guess, values family a lot. I wouldn't say Peter is like that, maybe, but he values Aunt May a lot. But yeah, um, and just a fun character to be completely honest with you, who has heart. And is trying to do the right thing. You know, same as Mr. Peter Parker is trying to do as well. So, I'm excited. And it's just like, knowing, I don't know Solo personally, but I love him and Jacob's t- podcast, The Lone Lobos. And seeing their personalities and, you know, this makes so much sense for him. Like, he, I don't know why, but I was like, and even Jacob would make such a good superhero or you know I just it's just because the, the both of them are animated is that you know when I think it's the right way to say when you describe someone as animated and it's like I love their personality so this some makes some sense for sort of your my words for Solo and I'm super excited to see him step into um this role and him being Blue Beetle being the first DC character in the DC universe of James Gunn and yeah I'm just excited to see him it just looks super fun 100% gonna see it in the movies duh 
because it is a superhero movie and I can't imagine watching it on my phone. Unbelievable. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. So many movies happening. So many exciting things happening lately. Like, I don't know where I'm supposed to get the money for all this. What a ball. Whoa. That is crazy. That is actually crazy. Anyway, that's all I've got to say. So I think I'm going to move on to the sport because it has been quite the time in the world of sport. And I am so excited to get into it all with you. Let's do it. Okay, starting with the talk of the town, Wimbledon. Wimbledon 2023. Wow, I think this has 100% been one of the most interesting tournaments in a very long time. Not saying that the others aren't interesting, but it just like, it feels like there's not much excitement really for some of them. Maybe because there's this thing of like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And, you know, Novak's going to win or something like that. Oh, what a handball. But this tournament was crazy. Starting with the women's. Uh, a champion has been named. Marketa Vondrasova. I hope I'm not butchering that. But she has taken the women's title. Super interesting for Wimbledon in particular. I think... Well, I oh okay. Let me try and get my words correctly because I've been trying to word this or articulate articulate this for the past like few days, and seeing how I'm gonna say this. Okay, so bit of backstory. I describe the U.S. Open in particular as like the wild card. Now by that I mean literally anybody can win U.S. Open, and it's been proven for the last like. Five years has been like I swear a different champion at at the U.S. Open. So I I describe it as the wild card, but something like Aussie Open or you know Roland Garros, French Open, and Wimbledon. It's very like oh you kind of have a good idea who's gonna win it depending on who's in the draw. So example Roland Garros, if Rafa's in the draw, you're probably gonna think Rafa's gonna win. You know all the clay dominant people. If you go to Wimbledon, you see Djokovic in the draw, or Federer in the draw, you're like, oh, Federer, Djokovic is going to win, right? But something like US Open, it's like, oh, you could see Federer in the draw, you could see Rafa, you could see, what's his name, Novak, and I wouldn't put my money on them winning, because <laughs> it's such a wild card tournament, I think. Now, going back to Wimbledon, for me, I think that, let me, Wimbledon is the women's wild card. Which is, and also US Open as well. I think, honestly, every, like, women's tournament is a wild card. But, because well, obviously Serena was dominating for a moment. I think there was, like, the era of, let's say, Sharapova and Serena. And then Petra Kvitova was also dominating on grass. And who else? Angelique Kerber as well. But Serena was dominating on grass because she strong player, powerful player, big serve, blah, blah, blah. Um, but now lately, it's just been every single time a different person has won um, Wimbledon for the women's. And, yeah, I just described Wimbledon as like the women's wild card. 
because now it's an unseeded player um, being Marquetta won Wimbledon. And I think that she's the first to ever do so in a women's, Wimbledon women's singles, whatever. And I think it's a really good thing. Seeing her story kind of like, I have no clue who she is, but seeing her story of how literally last year she was injured and then coming back to win Wimbledon, I think is very, very inspiring, if you ask me. Um, because it, you know, like these players work so hard. So to see. Like, someone like her, I guess, when... It's not, it's not a surprise, really, because I guess... I feel like people forget that everyone is a good player. Like, everyone is a good player. And if it's not your day, it's not your day. You know, you could have an off day and someone can beat the world number one. It's just like, it's that's what it is, you know? So, but I, I feel it's a tough one. Because, obviously, she beat Aunt Jibber... Um, in the final, and Ans has your it's it's rough. And if you obviously watch the videos, you can tell that this is like this is rough because I was pretty convinced. I was like, after she beat who did she beat in the semis? Um, Ans beat Sabalenka. I was like, okay, Ans is like, I, I was because she beat Rebekina in the quarters, who she lost to last year in the final. She then she beat Sabalenka. In the semi, I was like, oh, Ansa's has got this. Like, she's going to she's gonna, she's gonna win Wimbledon this year. And then she lost 4-4 four four final. I was like, yo, that hurts. And you could tell it hurt to her. And obviously she's... I wouldn't say she's like the face of our continent. But she is from Tunisia, which is in Africa, North Africa. And a lot of, I guess, us African players look to her. And she's such an inspiration in so, so many ways. Um, and makes us believe that it is possible to get there. You know what I mean? Um, no matter where um you come from. So it was really tough when I saw she lost. I was like, no way, you know. And you can tell it hurt her just as much, probably more than everyone watching back home. But you know, we still support her throughout. And yeah, I feel like there's this energy around tennis these days that is so different to the past. I feel like in the past. Um, and I think also, what's his name, Taylor Fritz, I think I heard him say this, or someone else say this, that tennis is traditionally a very stiff sport, does that make sense, so everyone's super uptight, super closed off and hostile in a way, because it's like, ooh, I don't want to like tell you this, because you might do this, or whatever, I don't know, but it's been a very like stiff sport, and let's say people maybe not being super friends on tour, kind of like Formula One, I think I heard someone say, like, in the past, because when, I think Lewis hosted that dinner, I think last year for Seb, for his farewell dinner, with all the drivers coming together, someone said that this would have never have happened, like, a couple of years ago, because quite literally, the drivers hated each other, apparently, they hated each other, oh, well done, Lydia, or Tamari, they hated each other, you know, and there was just such competition and competitiveness between all the drivers so now to see the drivers kind of be friends but also very competitive but be friends and friendly and some of them hanging out it's such a different time same as in tennis now we're obviously in the past it was also very it's very stiff and traditional naturally and um 
I don't know now it just feels like there's a lighter energy it's like someone like Carlos for instance <clears throat> how I describe him a little bit is that I f- oh wow I feel like he sees that he is so lucky and also a lot of the players they see themselves they are so lucky to be here you know like they they have probably witnessed people work day in day out just trying to get a fraction of what they have and it's just like it's another thing of like right place right time you know what i mean and seeing him and how he i guess expresses himself on court how passionate he is how excuse me he tries to enjoy every single moment like he's obviously known for his smiling and smiling through everything because for me it's like he sees how lucky he is to be in this position and how special it is you know to be here and for me it's like i feel like he's soaking it all in and really being present obviously you have bad days duh you know it's not always going to be sunshine but in the bigger scale of things it's like i'm so lucky and so happy to be here so i'm going to enjoy every moment he kind of reminds me of harry he's like the harry styles of tennis in a way like Harry gives me that energy of just loving what you do, loving what you do and taking every moment in and realizing and being aware of how lucky you are to be in this position and just soaking it all in and making the most literally making the most out of it. So for me like Carlos Alcaraz is the Harry Styles of tennis in a way. <clears throat> Speaking of Carlos, this man is unreal. He is only 20 which is crazy like i'm 19 and he's 20 and he is doing amazing things like i'm just super happy for him and yo i mean it 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 doesn't get better than this because i think there's like this crazy stat of novak hasn't for the past tw- like he had like an unbeaten streak on center court for 35 wins at Wimbledon which is like if you think about it that's an insane stat knowing that you're that's actually crazy 35 he hasn't lost in, on Wimbledon center court and that's like the only court he plays on because he's Novak Djokovic <clears throat> what a goal yo Kanté doing the work Ngola Kanté doing the work anyway but your Novak basically just plays on center court for many reasons Lots of supporters need a lot of space for his fans. Like imagine putting Novak Djokovic on court like 30. <laughs> on court 30 and on court like 16. I think I feel like that'd be very I I want to see that actually one day, but people would complain so badly. Obviously because it's like it's Novak Djokovic. People want to watch him. So and you would think court 16 doesn't have a lot of seats for many people to watch him. Um so yeah. <clears throat> but I think that'll be that'd be hilarious. I want I would love to see how he would cuz he's obviously very used to a big stage and performing. So I would love to see how he would do at this point in his career on a bit on a smaller on a smaller stage really. Why did he touch that? On a smaller stage. I think that'll be really interesting and funny. But obviously people he would he would complain. He would complain and people would complain. So for many reasons and obviously these tournaments are trying to make money right so they wouldn't make enough money you know if 
like they put them on court 16 people because people pay for seats obviously in center court get a lot of money to watch Novak Djokovic anyway so Carlos took the title this year and as I was saying it, it literally doesn't get better than this beating Novak Djokovic and Novak Djokovic is an all-court player but mostly for me it's like grass but he's an awkward player um beating him on center court in a five set thriller i mean i was like it doesn't get better than this it literally doesn't get better than this and i was like wow and i was unfortunately i couldn't watch the match live but i was following it like live scores because i was literally on the bus on the way to willowmore and i was following it and I was so nervous. I I love watching live tennis, but also don't like watching it because it just makes me so nervous. Especially if I know the players or I'm rooting for them. Um, like I could never watch Federer live. I could never watch Serena live because it just gave me too much stress. But yeah, I mean, I know people who watch the whole match live. Like I can't imagine sitting there like watching this unfold. But at the same time, it must have been such an atmosphere and such an experience that something you'll never really forget. You know what I mean? Like I imagine saying I was there on center court when Carlos Alcaraz beat Novak Djokovic in five sets. Like what a sentence, (laughs) what a sentence, you know? And for me, it felt like a, a moment in history. Like this is for me, I was like, this is huge. Like this is, like, this is crazy. And this is going to be talked about for many, many, many years to come. Because another crazy stat is that Wimbledon had not been won by anyone other than Federer, Djokovic. I think Federer, Djokovic, or Anna Nadal since 2002. 2002. And I don't think Alcaraz is born yet. Yeah, I don't think he was born yet. Which is... And insane. There's so many crazy like stats about this. It's nuts. So it's kind of I don't want to say it feels like an era is ending because Djokovic is still like dominating insanely. But they are it's slowly but surely, you know, trickling coming down to to the end. And obviously next year it's gonna be the year of Rafa basically Kind of like the year of Rafa, meaning not he like he's gonna win every tournament, but everyone's gonna be watching him because it's gonna be his last year on the tour. So every tournament he plays, it's gonna be so much. Like, same thing as Roger. Like he announced, luckily Roger didn't play too many tournaments, so it was a very like seamless ex, not seamless exit, but it was more like, you know, not that much. But Rafa's going to be playing, so everyone's going to be like, oh, last time playing in Aussie Open, last time playing in Paris, last time playing French Open, and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a farewell year. Um, but it was a great sort of... I was rooting for Sina so much. Yannick Sina. I, I rate him so... Like, I'm like, whoa. And he did really well. He made the semifinals. He lost to... What's his name? Djokovic, unfortunately, three sets. But... I'm telling you, that man, that guy, big things. He is crazy. I think he's going to do really well in the future. Um, but, I mean, what a, mo- what a moment in time. You know, to imagine, like, being there to witness Carlos Alcrest winning Wimbledon for the first time. And, obviously, I don't know the atmosphere, but 
I saw, as soon as I saw him, because I'm like watching these results, bro, live on my phone, and I'm seeing like 5-4 to Carlos in the final set. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then, obviously, and then I saw that it said, Carlos Alcaraz Garcia beat Novak Djokovic. I was like, oh my word, oh my word. And I was like in the bus, and when I saw him beat him, I made, I like screamed a little bit. And then everyone was like, look at me. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. And it was crazy. I was like, wow. Immediately went to you, went to um, Instagram because I knew, I knew Wimbledon was on it, on it. Wimbledon was up it. So I was like, let me go and see this, the whatever. And someone's like, he is, he did it or whatever. And like, when that last point, forty thirty, him serving forehand, and I thought. Yeah, like, that last point, it was, like, serve, return, forehand, and then Djokovic almost got there. Like, he literally almost made the ball. Like, that ball could have, like, tipped the net and gone over. Um, and hearing the crowd scream, like, I heard the crowd scream, and I was like, oh, whoa, that is loud. Like, it was very loud. And obviously, it was packed, and I remember... Saturday before the match, I was like, literally, everybody, whether or not you watch tennis on like the daily, you're what a header, but everybody is going to be watching this match. Everyone is going to be tuned into this because this is, it's it. I don't. I don't, I have no words because I'm like this is just a moment like. You are going to want to witness this. Like, you are going to want to see this. You are going to want to be here for this. Like, I was talking to my friend yesterday. And immediately after the match ended, he messaged me and he goes, what do you think of the game? And this guy, no offense, he doesn't watch tennis like that. He doesn't watch tennis at all. But even him and his friends were watching because it's just, that's how big it is. That's how big and crazy this is. Right? And, yeah, I even talked to my one other friend today and she was like, the crowd was so against Novak. <laughs> it was actually insane. So it felt, maybe it felt like Novak was playing two people. Carlos and the crowd. Because obviously, like, we love Novak. Like, look, I admire, I look up to Novak so much. But for many different things. Not necessarily, like, but for many different things. Like, his approach to the game. And so I admire him a lot and respect him. But, like... Carlos is the new hot thing. Everyone loves him. He's young. He's vibrant. He's passionate. So naturally, young people are drawn to that. Or young people are drawn to that. Right? And not saying that Djokovic is old or old style. But not many people know him like that. Like, when you saw Novak in his prime, it was, like, scary. Because this man wasn't losing anything. So now it's like... Carlos's moment and everyone's rooting for him everyone wants him to win so it kind of sucks it's kind of usually like that where Novak is playing against the crowd um because it's not yeah it's not a secret that not everyone likes him um then again who am I to say I don't know the guy personally eh? but other than that I respect him a lot and I look up to him a lot but well good for Carlos I'm happy for him shame he's he's only 20 so it's like I was, someone was saying, I don't know, there was another crazy stat, but, yo, Novak is 36, 
still pretty young actually i think he has more like two years on him um super fits though i think he just knows how to play the game in a way that makes other people uncomfortable um and carlos is 20 so yeah insane insanity anyway moving on from um the tennis world actually let me, let's stick to the tennis world a little bit um i watched this thing so I don't know if you know what the ultimate tennis showdown. It's a more, it's a different, ooh, it's a different format of tennis. Um, I don't know why I associated with the Maratoglu Academy, but that's like the association that I make. And it's you my back is hurting. Oh. Um, I know why it's hurting, but um, UTS showdown, and it's a super fun and you know. It's just a super fun format for tennis. And basically, I watched this like little sit-down, which I didn't expect. But this nice little sit-down with Chris Eubanks, Francis Tiafo, and Ben Shelton. And they were just eating at like a restaurant and they were talking. It was a nice little chat. And I don't know why. Or well, I know it, but it was such a nice conversation. It's kind of the way they talk about the sport and how they came up and people they looked up to is so refreshing and kind of like how they are because they're like trailblazers kind of in the sport you know not chris eubanks had an amazing wimbledon beating stefano Tsitsipas. i think he made the quarters which is like really good you know so he's had a really really good year and it's not like he just rose he's done the work like he's played challenges he's been doing the hard work so it's not like this is a surprise really but hearing them speak about the sport and the inspiration and kind of you know also francis tiafo being a trailblazer i think the first black man in the top 10 since blake i think his name blake um and just how they speak about the sport and what they're trying to accomplish because they too agree that this is it is traditionally a stiff sport like there's no like everyone knows that so kind of just trying to like how are they trying to innovate and you know make it a very interactive thing for people and drawing getting audiences getting the younger people more involved with tennis because some people can watch tennis and be like this is so boring like that's some people can watch and be like this is so boring like what is so exciting about this so formats kind of like UTS showdown is exciting in that way. Um, what else? Labor Cup team events are super exciting. ATP Cup. No, it's not the ATP Cup anymore. It's the, what's it called? Uni Uni United Cup? Where it's men and women. Um, it's super exciting. Um, yeah, so, sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> I just got distracted. And... It's just like, I don't know, it was a very enlightening, refreshing conversation about the sport and all that stuff. And I highly recommend watching that video. Anyway, moving on. Formula One. I realized I haven't spoken about Formula One on this podcast in a very long time, which is crazy because I follow it every week. But for some reason, I just don't, whatever. So, it's race week this week. We are in... It is the Hungarian Grand Prix. And missed... Oh, my word. Wow. The man is back. Danny Rick is back. And I cannot be happier 
to see this man back. I think everyone loves Daniel Cotto. I don't know. I just, I'm just so happy to see him racing and coming back. Obviously, it's at Alpha Tauri, but he's back. The, the man is back. I don't know what else to say. So we were at Silverstone previously, and Lan- oh? Lando had an amazing race. Lewis did well. I think Oscar had an amazing race, deserved the podium. And then obviously, Mr. Max coming out on top. Duh. Um, so I'm just super, I'm excited to see Danny Rick back. It's so crazy because obviously they announced he's coming back. And I kid you not, the Formula One Instagram page, you would think it's a Daniel Ricardo fan page because the, when he announced, it was like the first six posts or the, oh my gosh, the last six posts were just like, Daniel Ricardo, this, Daniel Ricardo, this. And just those, they know what they're doing. They know that everyone knows Daniel Ricardo. People will be tuning in because people love Daniel Ricardo. And it's just like his personality. I don't know, his energy. And I admire Danny for his mindset. I think I listened to the podcast. And there's, um, there was one episode of Drive to Survive that I really resonated with at the time and still do. And Daniel said something. I think he said, leave the track with no regrets and just leave it all out there. You know what I mean? And I really resonate with that in terms of like, just giving it your all. And maybe your all that day isn't enough, but leaving what you're doing with no regrets. Like for me, leaving the court with no regrets, me not thinking I could have done this, I could have done this. And rather leaving it with, I did everything I could do, right? I, I tried my best, and I have no regrets, you know? So that's one thing that comes to mind, and just his mindset, mostly. And I'm just excited to see him back. Now, this is super embarrassing for me, because this did not age well, <laughs> in my case. It did not age well at all. If you've been here for a while, you might know this, but if you don't, thank goodness. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Earlier this year, when the lineup for everything was whatever, whatever, obviously Nick DeFries was announced for AlphaTauri and all that good stuff, and I made, like, a prediction. And this is a poor prediction, because I just, I didn't know who Nick DeFries was, I was just making it, the prediction purely on vibe. I was like, I said, I have a really good feeling about Nick DeFries, because he was a rookie on the grid, and I was like, I feel like, because obviously Danny Rick was gone, Danny Rick was like, he was like my guy, you know. Obviously I support, um, yeah, I have people who I support. But it was like, you know, Danny Rick was my guy. Everyone has their person, right? Oh, what a run. And because Danny Rick wasn't going to be that for me anymore, I was like, what's his name? Um... Nick DeFries is going to be like, so like he's going to be my guy. I just have a good feeling about him. His energy, his whatever. I don't know. I was like, he's my guy. So cut to a couple of months later, that did not age well at all. Like, at all. <laughs> Obviously, it's like, I feel bad. Shame. Like, shame. He did try his best, I think. I don't know. But, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. We're in Hungary this week. 
I'm def I'm dipping my toes in. I've been doing F one fantasy, and I don't know. I just think it's really it's a fun, engaging thing to keep up with the thing. And I've made some changes to my my team. So excuse me. I have three teams. I have the the Bucketeers, the Promises, and I have the Underhounds being the underdogs and I kind of made a change I think to my to my bucketeers I added someone else because I feel like I needed more points in that section and the bucketeers are meant to like bucket they're supposed to get points right and then the promises are just like the promising people who will get points um you know who, who will get points right like they're in the middle section, like 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th. The underhounds are kind of like the wild cards, like the underdogs. So people who, someone like Al Raid. Is Alex Albon in my underhound? I don't know. But like Alex Albon, who is a fantastic driver. Really good. But he's in William, um, Williams. Not saying Williams is bad, but he is a really good driver. And he, if he's having a good day, he's having a good day. You know, so, and then there's other people, but I can't think now. So, we'll see who we put. Daniel Riccardi isn't in that lineup, though. But I have, like, other people in that lineup. So, I'm excited. It's fun to indulge in fantasy a little bit. So, I'm enjoying it a lot. Anyway, I'm excited for the Grand Prix this week in Hungary. It's going to be fun. Moving on. We are on the topic of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. As you guys know, if you don't know, I am a Man United supporter through and through. Now, I've been thinking about this recently. I'm like, when did I become a Man United supporter? And I can't tell you because I feel like I've always been a Man United supporter. Like, since I was young. Like, we, I remember they did those cards, like Premier League cards. And I just remember supporting Man United the whole time. Or being a fan of Man United. I think it was Man United and Newcastle that I liked. Because... Man United, Newcastle, or Sunderland. Because I remember I just liked how Newcastle's, you know, emblem looked. And it looked similar to Sunderland. Um, but I just remember having loving Man United all the time. So Man United has been my team since a very young age. And obviously it's like transfer season right now. People are making changes in it. And we have a new signing. Mr. Mason Mount is a part of us. Obviously he has played for us already. Um... For the preseason tour against Leeds United. And I'm just super interested to see how he's going to fit into the dynamic of the squad. So I'm just super excited um, for this team. We had a really good season last year. And we are in the Champions League. So hopefully good things to come. Hopefully good things to come. Um, so I'm just excited. I'm really... What did I write here? Excited. Oh, oh, I wrote, because I'm such a fan, I wrote, so I have a bucket list, okay, very relevant, but I have a bucket list, and the bucket list is just, like, things that I want to do in my lifetime, hopefully, and on my bucket list is to watch a Man United game at Old Trafford, now, I think that, that, like, they, this, you know, you have, like, iconic stadiums, you know, and I feel like Old Trafford is such a... Obviously, it's the home stadium of Man United. And I feel like watching a home game, maybe a 
Manchester derby or London derby. I don't, I don't know. But watching a, a game at an Old Trafford full-pack stadium would be a dream. I feel like that would be insane. Like, that would be actually insane. Um... Yeah, I think that'll be really fun. Anyway, who knows? It probably won't happen, but anyway. Since we're on the topic of soccer, the FIFA Women's World Cup is underway. It is happening very soon in Australia. And obviously, I'm supporting Banyana Banyana being the South African team. And I'm excited. I don't think women's soccer gets enough credit. I've. It's interesting because they don't really show it on TV. I think now they do more, but before they really didn't. So it's like, how am I supposed to be a supporter of this thing when you're not like showing it? You know what I mean? But there was a time where they were showing it and I was watching it and I was loving it. Really, I was loving it. Um, and I don't know a lot of women's for, you know, soccer players, but I'm definitely going to be tuning in, watching highlights, watching everything. I know the US team is really good, obviously. <laughs> I just want they're really good. And, yeah, I'm rooting for Banana Banana, our, our heroes, kind of. Anyway, oh, I think that's what I have for you. It was the time now. It is half 20 past 10 in the evening, obviously. And... I'm, like, contemplating, I'm debating um, if I want to have breakfast tomorrow. For some reason, I'm, like, I don't really think I'm going to. I don't know. But at the same time, I want to. But also, no, because my thing is, like, okay, I want to have breakfast tomorrow. And then after, because I'm doing something in the middle of the day, after that, then I will have... I'll have lunch, rather. And then, you know, lunch and then dinner. So, maybe I'll skip breakfast tomorrow. Sleep in. And just, like, lie down and sleep in. So, yeah, good time. Good vibes. And record an episode, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm here. <laughs> I might as well do it. Okay? So, this is where we are. Coming to you live. Well, not live. But coming to you from Willowmore, it has been an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Um, I can't remember. Ibo. Ibo Azbilaqueta. What the heck, dude? <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? It's like the first minute of the game and this guy's on the floor. Uh, okay, that's that's really bad by Sadio Mane. What the heck? Honestly, I love soccer players. I love the theatrics. It's way more dramatic than it needs to be. I wonder if, like, the coaches teach them about this. Obviously, I feel like they do. They tell them, go down, make it look way worse than it actually is. We're trying to get those free points. Or we're trying to get the referee to watch, um, to keep on the lookout for... Um, what's it for this player or whatever? Anyway, speaking of, I wanted to say this quickly. I forgot. I completely forgot about this. But now that I'm looking at it, it's kind of strange to me to have Mason Mount in Man United. Let me tell you why. 
Because to me, and I spoke to my friend about this, but to me, I'd always seen Mason as the face of Chelsea. Does that make sense? What a save. Like, the face of Chelsea being like, when I think Chelsea, I think Mason Mount. Or when I think Chelsea, I think Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic or Jorginho. But I don't know, because Mason is young and vibrant, I think. I don't know. I just always saw him as the face of Chelsea. Not that he is. Not that to put that pressure on one person. But I just saw him as that. It's kind of like, maybe... And obviously it changes. Maybe season to season. Someone like in Liverpool, Mohamed Salah was the face at some point, or Virgil van Dijk, or in Man United, Wayne Rooney, um, Marcus Rashford, Bruno, right? So to see like someone being the face of Chelsea um, go to Man United, it's like, oh, interesting. Like he was, I'm pretty sure he was like in the academy as well, like he grew up Chelsea. You know, it's the same thing as, like, if Marcus Rashford went to, like, Arsenal or something. You know what I mean? It's just, like, super weird. Because he also was in the academy and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes you just need that change. Right? And I don't know. I just think it's really strange. It's really weird. And then also now Havertz going to Arsenal and Declan going to Arsenal. Hi, Bo Mason! <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um... Declan going to Arsenal is also pretty strange because he was also like West Ham for me and obviously he did really good things at West Ham I think he left at a good time to be honest um and Arsenal is going to be dangerous Arsenal is going to be dangerous it's so hard to hate Arsenal because I I'm, I don't know all these players but they watching the videos they look like such nice people and I love the energy, you know. Yo, Mason, you actually messed up really bad there. I love the energy. <laughs> um, and you so you can't hate Arsenal, but there's it's always this like thick of like right joke of just like, you know, bashing Arsenal fans because of how bad they are. Um, but Arsenal's good, you know. Anyway. I think that's what I've got it should be in a very exciting season this season and you know obviously like we don't have a tv in our home so it's really hard to follow like matches I'd love to watch matches but I just follow them on my phone I used to have a fantasy Premier League team but I'm not like football like that really like I don't follow the transfer windows I don't follow like what reports are saying really because I do my own things in my own life, okay? And, yeah. So, it's not something I'm following like that. In particular. Oh, what a goal. Hi, boo. Who was that on the line? How did you, like, what, what happened? What's, what's going on? <laughs> Who is that? Anyway, that's what I've got. That's what I went. Oh, last thing, I swear, last thing. I'm so glad that Trent cut his hair. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just can't seem to understand why he... he you know, Trent being 
Alexander Arnold. That hair, what was I doing? Was something else for me. Like, I couldn't, I did not like it at all. It was like, this is not a look. I hated it. It maybe, it didn't look like it was managed. Or maybe that was the look he was going for. Maybe that was what he wanted to do with it. But I did not like it. I loved Trent's shorter hair, Champions League, prime hair. What? Is that not Jürgen? Um, so I'm so glad. Like, I saw, I love watching the inside training. So when I saw he came back and he cut his hair, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, that's a yellow card. Um, yeah, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Oh, anyway. That is, I'm, for real this time, that is all I've got for you. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed. It's super good to be back, to be recording. This is like, it's routine. We're back in it. It's just that the past couple weeks have been super hectic and tricky, challenging, exhausting. But now we're back into it. Get into it. We're into it. We're doing it. Um, and I'm super excited to be on this journey with you. And I hope you can stick along for the ride with me. So that being said, friends, folks, if you've made it thus far into the episode, you already know that you are a real one. I appreciate you, I thank you, and I'm so forever grateful for you and your support. And I would really appreciate if you could support the pod. How you may do that, may you ask? That is a really good question. You can follow the pod on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, a review, let me know what you thought of the episode, what you liked, excuse me, what you didn't like, any questions that you might have, I'm all ears and open, and I... I'm super excited to hear from you. You can also follow the pod on Instagram at NeverAlonePod and on Twitter at NeverAlonePodcast. I'm usually a lot more active on Twitter, I think, or I'm active on socials just to keep it. I love to engage with you, with the, you know, but sometimes maybe I'm not because data is scarce. Um, But, yeah, so, mwah, mwah. Hugs and kisses all around, okay? It is so good to be back. And I'm excited for us to come. So, that being said, I will see you on the next one. Bye.